Welcome to the Parental Development Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Becca. And we're two sisters, one with kids. And one without. One with questions. And one with answers. One who's a licensed psychologist. And one who just wants everyone to hear what she has to say. We both have a heart to see parents succeed and kids thrive. In this podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of topics, all with the goal of promoting conversation and learning. Thanks for joining us. Let's chat. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We've all made it through two very controversial episodes. So for those of you that are still here, we're happy you're here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very many. I have no idea what we're talking about. Literally no idea. But it's time for What the Week? What in the week? I almost I almost had a what the hell. Oh. I'll probably talk about that later. But <laughs> okay. this what in the week. So if you're new here, what in the week is just weekly illustrations of these principles in practice. And this one happened in my house roughly an hour and a half ago. No. <laughs> so it's fresh. We record on Fridays, and they had like summer camp this week, which is worse than school. And so Fridays are just hard, as you know, if you are around children at all. So Journey, she's my three-year-old niece. She was taking a bath and playing in there just fine. I was making dinner. We were doing all the things. No big deal. Ben went in to like wash her up and get her out and like start the whole like, you know, we got to get her PJs on and everything. And all of a sudden I hear just like screaming and crying. And I thought like, oh, shoot, (laughs) we're so close. We are so close. So he came out and was like, you're up. (laughs) So I went in there and I was like, girl, what is wrong? And she is just sobbing, big tears rolling down her face. She goes, I don't want to wash my body. (laughs) And I said, okay, Uh, okay, how can I help you? I want to get out. And I said, okay, can I wash your body? No, I want to get out, just sobbing. And so finally I said, what is wrong? Like, why? What's happening? I am so hungry. (laughs) It's like, okay. And then I realized she has said she was hungry on the way home. And then she yeah. got to playing in the bathtub and had played in there for probably 45 minutes. And it was like she had forgotten she had been hungry. Mm-hmm. And so she just was like, I am so hungry. My stomach hurts. I just want to eat my dinner. So I had her stand up. I did about the quickest, you know, just to like, <laughs> zoop, like just threw the soap on her, rinsed it off got her out and she goes is my food ready please get my food ready and so I was like okay you go in there with Ben he's gonna get you dressed and dry you off and I'll have your food ready and Ben came in and goes when's the last time you were so hungry you started crying (laughs) I said well now I get angry when I'm hungry but she was beyond I mean she's exhausted too yeah but she was beyond hungry and so I thought like okay Truly, if she had said, I do not want to do not put anything on my body Mm -hmm. soap wise, I would not have cared. Yeah. She rinsed. (laughs) If that's all we had. Mom called him a rinse off. off. (laughs) That's right. Just do a rinse off, (laughs) which I've started saying to the boys. I'm like, man, that's one I never thought I'd say. You just have to do a quick rinse off. Get in there. You're dirty. (laughs) So 
she did get some soap on some parts of her body, which was fine. But she was oh so hungry mm-hmm. and really tired that not another thing could have been done with her. So I wouldn't have cared anything else because she just had to get food in her belly. And then I think she was asleep within about three minutes of going downstairs and getting in her bed. So that's my what in the week. All right. As a side note, I would just like to say we understand that we are having sound issues. Mm-hmm. Our other sister called Becca Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> It's really not her fault. It's just because something is wrong with my sound. And I so am loud. So quiet. I mean, I, you are loud, but <laughs> we could balance it. So we know, trust me, it is keeping Ben up at night. He is, <laughs> this is our fourth potential solution we're trying today. So we'll see what happens. But we apologize. We don't know what else to do about it. But yeah. we know we're working on it. Yeah, you and Foghorn Leghorn over here. I know. Sorry. Okay, today, I don't even really know what to say we're talking about. I'm just going to do my own work in front of everybody. Hmm. And I think there are some principles in here somewhere, I hope. I told Beck I was going to do my work. And she goes, do I have to do work too? <laughs> so I'm prepared. To. I'm prepared. Only if you want to. Okay, so... This week, I have I feel like I've been processing about a lot of this information just on my own. So I had been talking to someone this week about this style of parenting and just trying to help them understand like some of the brain development stuff we've talked about, the co-regulation, tantrums, all that kind of stuff, and just how I view kids differently. And this person was really not buying what I was selling, which fine. Lots of people don't. But then in the midst of everything, she told me that it sounds like she believes I don't give kids enough credit, that they are smart and they know what they are doing in the context of their tantrums and their behavior that because they can like turn it on and turn it off and it's different around other people and in different environments and that kind of thing that they know what they're doing and they're doing it purposefully, more of like this, right? Like they're being manipulative kind of thing. And then said to me, I just don't give them enough credit. One point said, maybe I I had implied that they can't learn and that they are smarter than I am giving them credit for and they know better. I had to take a minute. Mm -hmm. And I've been processing truly all week, trying to like think through what I think about that and I mean look at it and see like is there you know what is mine, mine to, take? to take yeah I was gonna what say is that. mine to take of yeah. that and what is not mine to take and doing some work around that so some of the thoughts I have had is the credit that this person in particular wanted me to give to children is really only the negative parts mm-hmm. right like she wanted me to assign these like negative like character flaws and that was the credit she was implying of all of these just negative motives, intentions, thoughts, beliefs, behaviors. And the child we were talking about was roughly two and a half years old. 
two, two to three years old. And so I just thought, I just kept thinking like, man, we're assigning this to them so early. I mean, they're so early and already we are attributing all of these things to them in ways that is a little bit jarring to me of why do we do that and why do we feel like we need to defend that and really just kind of dig in with that. You know, it wasn't credit as though like they're smart. That's how it was communicated. But it wasn't really they're smart. It was they're smart and so they can be manipulative Mm -hmm. type thing, which again, as we've talked about over however many episodes now, is a very complex process biologically, neurologically, and one that young children don't have the capacity for, especially at two or three years old. So then what I started to think about was really about how what I'm realizing a little bit more and more, the messages we got as children seem to determine the negative attributes we assign kids, Mm -hmm. right? So if I got in trouble for talking back and was told that made me disrespectful, that is the attribute I give my child when they engage in that behavior, Mm -hmm. is I immediately go to, they are so disrespectful Mm -hmm. because that is the message I got. Even as an adult, I can recognize that doesn't feel good it still is almost like an automatic process of I attribute that to my child pretty quickly Mm -hmm. so now I'm going to tell you my what in the hell this week because this is something that I did not do well and it ties in I think to this whole concept so Lincoln I was going with him taking him to school it was just me and him because Sawyer had spent the night at my mom's house And I found this like science for kids podcast and truly I'm getting tired of listening to the same music over and over with them. And so I thought they love science. Let me just see if they will listen to this podcast. And so it was about like the fastest animals, I think the fastest like flying animals. And so it started talking about this animal flies so many miles an hour And that's so many kilometers. So it was like Mm -hmm. doing the whole like miles and kilometers. And Lincoln asked me to pause it and then said, I don't know what a mile is. And so I said, okay, (laughs) let me do my best here. Did the whole thing. A mile is a unit of measurement. Well, what are kilometers? And I was like, well, that's the other kind of measurement. (laughs) And... Other countries in other parts of the world use that. That's called the metric system. We don't use that. We use miles. I still don't understand, he said. So I talked about if we walked from our house to the lake and back, that would be roughly a half a mile. So if we did that twice, that would be a mile. And I Googled how many feet it is because <laughs> I couldn't remember. 5,280? Like that's true. Yes. Remember the Titans. That's where I get that from. <laughs> Oh, sure. That's, that's, that seems fair. So, I mean, all the things. And he just said, I don't, I still don't understand. And I said, okay, buddy, tell, I don't, that's all I know about miles. So tell me what you don't understand and I'll do my best. And I know this about Lincoln. He gets 
if he does not catch on to something quickly, he gets very frustrated. He goes to shame. I've talked about that. He goes to shame really quickly, starts talking about he's dumb. He can't understand it. He'll never learn it. All these things. So I kept trying to get him to just keep talking so I could try to figure out what it was he wasn't understanding. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't really do that. Then at one point he said, I don't understand if I'm in the desert and I walk a mile, will I be out of the desert? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't know. It depends on how big is the desert. (laughs) I don't know. So these are the kinds of arguments he's having with me. And I, and then I'm like, I don't have any idea how to answer this in a way that isn't going to like make him feel worse mm-hmm. and help him. So I kept trying to like just keep talking about it. And everything I said, he would cut me off. He would say, never mind. I'll just learn about it later. I'll ask dad. That doesn't make sense. I'm too stupid. Like would not let me talk. Mm-hmm. Which is triggering for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. And so then I would say like, fine, fine. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And I would turn turn the podcast back on. And then he would start crying of like, you're not even talking to me. You don't even care what I have to say. And then I would feel bad and I'd pause the podcast and I would say, I do care what you have to say, buddy. I just don't know how to help you. And we did that over and over and over again. But he still would not stop talking. And let me even answer his questions. It was a difficult ride that day. We mm-hmm. didn't really get we didn't get a whole lot better. We just kind of made it through. And so I did not handle that well. I was short with him. I raised my voice a little bit. I got super frustrated. I know I communicated to him that I wasn't interested, that I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I didn't do great. We recovered okay, but not my finest moments. But those situations do irritate me pretty regularly. So what I've thought about, again, I hope I'm going to tie that to my original discussion. When we were growing up in our childhood, you had to be quiet when adults talked, right? Mm -hmm. And what they said automatically was better than what you would say they always knew best Mm -hmm. and needed to be listened to obeyed followed respected no questions asked and if that wasn't done we were told how wrong disrespectful ungodly you know probably lots of other words that i can't remember we were Because we were not just being quiet and listening to the people who knew better than us because Mm -hmm. they were bigger than us. So what I think I have tied together for myself, and this is the work I've done this week, is that when Lincoln comes at me with that and does not let me speak, first I I think I feel like I did when I was little Mm -hmm. of just, just let me talk, just let me talk. And I immediately start to have all kinds of negative messages about him. Mm. Not even his behavior, but him. And I start to think like, oh, he's so whiny. He is so disrespectful. He doesn't listen. He's a know-it-all. He can't take direction. He, All of those things start playing through my head about my precious little Lincoln. 
in like an instant, Mm -hmm. because he is engaging in behavior that in my history was never appropriate or allowed or accepted or any of that. Does that all make sense, how how that is tying together for me? It does. And I, I think I've seen, I don't know if I read an article or watched a reel or a TikTok or somewhere, some, and they said essentially the same thing in that your child's behavior, we get upset about that behavior, but it's not really the behavior that we're upset about. It's the way that behavior makes us feel. I just want it to stop, mm-hmm. right? Like he's he's talking over you. So I just I just want that to stop. I just want you to let me speak. And so that is when I would lash out and be like, whatever you would say to him. But that really doesn't have anything to do with him cutting you off. It's how that makes you feel based on our childhood. That makes yeah. total sense to me. Yeah, and I think it's I think the added layer of it is that. Right. We've talked a lot and I've done a lot of work in undoing a lot of those messages that we got as children and reworking how I think about myself and view myself. Mm -hmm. But that does not stop me from having those same thoughts about him Mm -hmm. when he engages in that behavior. And it's just very interesting to me how like that happens so quickly in that I can recognize maybe how unhealthy that has been for me both in childhood and then become as I've become an adult. But it is such an automatic thought process that happens when faced with similar behaviors that I was, you know, punished for or shamed for or whatever in my childhood. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah, it is. It's sad. It makes me sad for our kids. (laughs) And then once again... It's just another indicator that we're the ones with the work to do. They're the ones that are just trying to learn how this world works, how your emotions, like how feelings, what do I do with them, yada, yada, yada. We're the ones that actually have the work to do in undoing all of the things, the messages that we got growing up. Yeah. So the other thing I've thought throughout the week and noticing about myself is I feel this way even when I'm interacting with adults. So the original person I was talking about, I'm in a semi position of authority with her and I have like wrestled and argued with myself all week of, was that disrespectful? Is she being disrespectful? Is she trying or is she trying to learn and figure it out? Is this like a healthy, right, discussion and kind of this like dissonance where we're just trying to work through it? Or it feels disrespectful, but how much of that is mine, Mm -hmm. right? What is my work to do in that? Just because I feel disrespected does not mean she was being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. That is my work to do to figure out what's happening with me that is, that's, you know, getting to that point and causing all these things. And I'm not responsible for her response or her behavior, that is her work to do right? to figure out those messages and her beliefs and how all that plays together. And it, again, was just so interesting to think like that's the same process that I have those same, I attribute those same negative beliefs at times to adults in my life as I do to children, even though they look a little bit differently. But it's all based on how that makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And then I make 
attributions to other people, which is just like, well, hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just think like, man, I'm getting tired, tired of all this. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. And then I go down the rabbit hole of, you know, we talk a lot about or you see a lot of people talking about like trying to break the cycle of all of this mess Mm -hmm. and how hard that is and how much work that is. Then my like psychologist trauma brain kicks in. And I, for the people that are actually doing this kind of work and have their own trauma where they are operating their brain, they're operating with a trauma brain, not even just, you know, ours is is just a stress, you know, childhood Mm -hmm. differences kind of stuff. And just how crappy that must feel to feel like, how am I ever going to do all this? How am I ever going to undo all this and fix these messages and think about myself differently and treat my kids differently and not get triggered by them and welcome their disrespect and their challenges and all of that. And if I think about it for too long, I just start to get a little overwhelmed by it all. I don't think you're probably not alone. I mean, you're probably not alone in that. <laughs> I know, unfortunately. So what would you say to answer that question? How how am I going to do that? Well, what I have to keep going back to when I do, I mean, when I think about any of this is what we believe about kids is when kids feel safe and connected, they behave well. Period. Hard stop. When kids feel safe and connected, they behave well. The same is true for adults. Mm -hmm. When adults feel safe and connected, they behave well. And behave well, we would probably define a little bit differently, maybe, for kids as opposed to adults. But that's the, that safe and connected, we're right back to the beginning of, like, Mm -hmm. that safe and connected is the goal. And so... For adults, I have to relearn safety because safety is a perception and safety is something that we've talked about our nervous system picks up on and communicates to us. Right. That's not a cognitive concept. That's not something I can just decide. So I have to relearn some of that. And then I can seek connection as an adult. Where I get to a lot, too, is parents will they'll say a situation just like mine similar to mine and that I had with Lincoln and say like, I just, I'm failing at this. What am I going to do? I got triggered. I know this stems from my childhood, but I don't know what to do. How do I actually do this gentle parenting or this conscious parent? How do I do this thing? How do I do it? Usually I will respond and say like, you're doing it. This Mm -hmm. is it. This is the work. This is the work is that did not go well. Why didn't that go well? Oh, crap. That's mine. That's because of me. That is because of those messages I got. Shoot. Okay. That's unfortunate. Now what am I going to do? And actually thinking through that, in my mind, that is it. That is the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Traditional parenting would say, it's all on him. Mm -hmm. That was all on Lincoln because he was Mm -hmm. disrespectful. And so he needs to get it together because I'm the grown up. He needs to get it together. And puts it all on him. And we get, like, we are just free as a bird. This way of parenting and way of interacting and way of thinking flips that on its head and Mm -hmm. says, no, no, this is mine. Mm -hmm. This is mine. Almost all mine. 
Now, was he a little bit disrespectful? Maybe. Was he clearly overwhelmed and upset and like could not in kind of like a shame spiral? Yes. And that's his work to do that I will hopefully be able to help him with as he continues to grow up. But I just think we just get it so twisted in that, well, this isn't working or I can't do this because I keep getting triggered and I keep doing all these things. And that to me is the healing part. And Mm -hmm. that is the part that actually is like the special sauce of Mm -hmm. your willingness, our willingness as parents to say, this is my work to do. And I am happy to take it from my kids because Mm -hmm. they are at my mercy in some ways. And all I can do is try to do better so they're not trying to undo these these same messages. Now, I've, I've joked, they'll have to undo other things. I'll screw them up in other ways. But for this piece, it continues to be what is my work to do? What is mine to take? And that, I just want to encourage people that that is like the actual, that's the good part. That's what we want. I mean, I'm thinking as you're talking, I think traditional parenting like you said, it's all on it's all on the kid, right? Like every yeah. everything is on them. My reactions are on them. My responses are on them. Their consequences are on them. Like all these things. But at the root of it, parenting really is about parents. It's mm-hmm. not about kids. They get it, right? Like they're the receivers of that. But the actual parenting process is about the parent. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, I guess, you know, s- kind of simplistic to say, but it really is because we, we've all seen like different parenting styles or the way different parents actually do parent their children. And it's all different, right? There's not some standard. It's all right. based on the parent. Like what, like I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, it's basically what the parent decides is is worthy of discipline or punishment. That's the standard in that house, right? So it's not like there's a standard across the board. Right. Which means that it is based on the parent, right? Yeah, it's just so foreign to even say, even as you I say know, it. but that makes and total I sense it. when I say it out loud. Yeah, it just sounds like, well, that sounds crazy, but yes, So if I know that there's not a standard of parenting, there's not. Everybody does it differently. Everybody has different thoughts about it and has different strategies about it based on their own crap, based on their own upbringing, their family of origin, their personality, their life experiences. It's all contingent upon you. And that is how you parent your kid. So... It would only then make sense that you would take the onus and put it on yourself because that's where it belongs. Because if I am triggered by, you know, my my two-year-old refusing to go to bed at night because they don't, they don't want to go to bed, if that triggers me, that's nothing to do with the two-year-old not wanting to go to bed. It has everything to do with how I feel about it. Yep. And they they don't have control over that. I do. Right. Yeah, it's completely yeah. foreign, but when I say it out loud, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I just don't know how we get people to believe us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so much easier to blame them because let me tell you, and truly, this week I have had like increased anxiety. I have really struggled with this situation. 
I'm a two, right? So I don't love conflict. And this was not like, this mm-hmm. was not a big conflict. I think any conflict, it feels big to me. And mm-hmm. so I don't like it. Yeah. And so that makes me feel kind of icky. So I have, I mean, it has been four days now. We chew on things as twos. <laughs> we do. I, I'm a ruminator. And so we've, we've played it over and over and over. And I've reconstructed what I should have said or could have mm-hmm. said or how I could have looked or done or whatever. And so that's not that's not fun either. That's not enjoyable either. Mm-mm. But when I think about how even just for me as an adult, how much better that will be for me if I can figure this stuff out, even as I go through life. Cool. And if I can take any of that from my little nine year old. Ugh, I'd take any, I would take anything from him mm-hmm. to keep him from feeling any semblance of anything that doesn't feel like puppy dogs and rainbows. And so I'm not going to be able to do that always, but the importance of doing our own work is just that, of setting them up, not making them responsible for our junk. They're going to have their own, and it's not fair to keep, continue to make them responsible for the stuff we haven't been able to figure out or aren't do not feel safe and connected enough to address is, is ultimately what I think is we are not safe, safe and connected enough to say, okay, this is mine because even that feels unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so then all of our defenses come up and we push against it, but that's just, it's just not fair. It just doesn't feel fair to do to our little, our little, little babies. Yeah. I think you said they're at our mercy in a lot of ways, but I think they're at our mercy in all the ways That's true. I mean, we've said it about all of the expectations that we have of kids who literally don't have their full brain, who literally have never experienced these things before, who have no idea how the world works. We have these unrealistic expectations of them. And it is because I think the majority of the time is because those same expectations were put on us. Yeah. That we shouldn't interrupt an adult. We shouldn't have questions about what they're asking us to do, you know, fill in the blank based on your personal history or whatever. But we put these unrealistic and unfair expectations on them to behave a certain way. Yeah. You know, and as it pertains to this conversation, we unfairly shift our stuff to them as well. Yep. Let's stop doing that. I know. Everybody, let's just knock it off. Knock it off. (laughs) All right. That was my work this week. It was not enjoyable, but I hope it was helpful. I think it's super important. I think, and I think that, again, I think with like a lot of things we talk about, if you can learn to see it that way, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's paradigm shifting in your own life, but potentially is like, monumental shift in your relationship and your interactions with your kids if you're able to and it takes work to Mm -hmm. in the moment think why am I getting so upset because he doesn't want to take a bath right now or why am I getting so upset because a two-year-old keeps telling me no like what is it about that that is I mean he's two like what is it in me if we can learn to do that it is potentially not only beneficial for us like you talked about because our triggers with our kids are are the triggers we have with adults. So it's, you know, it's beneficial to us all the way around. But how much more enjoyable and I want to say even genuine would our interactions with our kids be 
If we could learn to let what is theirs be theirs and what is mine be mine, even though they're little and we're the boss, right? (laughs) Let what is theirs be theirs and let me take what is mine. Yep. Yeah. I support it. All right. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm glad. Glad you're on board. Hey, and if anyone knows how to explain the metric versus the imperial system to a nine year old. No, just just what what a mile is. Just what a mile is. I don't even we we let the metric system go. I can't figure out how to explain what a mile is. So suggestions are are appreciated. (laughs) Please. Although I'm hesitant to even bring it up again because we will go right back down the rabbit hole in that. I don't want to do that either. But yes, any tips and tricks for communicating or teaching what a mile is? I would love okay. to hear. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, as always, thank you for listening. We hope this has been helpful. If you do have, we've been getting a lot of emails lately of people asking questions, not only just based on episodes that we've had, but also sidetracks about things that are going on. So we always love to see those. And I just read them. Leah responds. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys for your feedback as always. So till next time. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parental Development. If you found this helpful at all, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to stream. And if you have questions that you'd like answered on the show, email info at parentaldevelopment.com. We'd love to hear from you to know that someone else is actually listening. And remember, we're all doing the best we can in this parenting thing. So survive the day and keep the kids alive. See you next time.